Mr. Carson Price for Friday, August 18th, 2023. We're coming to you from the GoGo Sports Studio built by Arbor Lee here at the iconic Wall Center, downtown Vancouver. No better place to stay if you're coming into the city. Matt Carson alongside Blake Price, Grace Sass, hitting switches, conducting things. And this show, a presentation of Applewood Auto Group. We're right now at Applewood Nissan Richmond, Applewood Nissan Langley, Applewood Nissan Surrey. Get you into the 23 Murano at 135 weekly, the 23 Frontier at 644 monthly, and the impressive 23 Armada, the SL Midnight Edition from 895 monthly because Blake Price. It is all good at Applewood. Today's Bodog poll question Do you respect Jonathan Taves? Yes or no? You can vote at Sakurson Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. How about this? Cashed last week on BC Lions touchdown as the first score against Calgary. The Lions have scored a touchdown to open scoring in five of their nine games this season. So I'm going right back to that well. First score of the game, Sunday in Regina, Lions touchdown at pace plus 220 on your Bodog line of the day. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. The poll question itself is a, a tricky one for a lot of people because it's not stipulating on or off ice. Right. Um, it's Define a, as you see fit. Longtime former say. rival. Of course, mm-hmm. um, scandal has beset the Blackhawks organization to which some people have pointed blame to the leadership core of that team. Mm-hmm. It's a nuanced question and people are struggling with it. Uh, we're getting a lot of uh, very... Strong replies, but in both directions. Some right. are absolutely yes, some are absolutely not. It's uh, is all over the place. Mm-hmm. And we're asking, of course, because if you missed the news, Jonathan Tave has announced that he will be taking a break from hockey this year, but specifies that he is not fully retiring. So we may see Captain Sirius... Back in the NHL, we know it will not be with the Chicago Blackhawks. He has penned a uh, farewell letter to the city of Chicago and Blackhawks fans. Blake, I voted no. Look, as a player, respect the heck out of him. He is exactly the sort of captain you want. Of course, a three-time Stanley Cup champion, a couple of gold medals with Canada at the Olympics, Keeping guys honest, there were many videos over the years where he was getting after some of his some of his more immature teammates or some of his teammates who needed to be fired up. And yet as a person, you would have hoped he would have had done more for Kyle Beach during his time of need after being sexually abused by a former Blackhawks coach. Jonathan Taves would have had the credibility in that organization to step up and say, no, this is not right. This must be dealt with regardless of what the stakes are on the ice. It's a tough assessment, as you say, uh, but at the end of the day, I sided with humanity over hockey in voting no. Yeah, it's uh, it's difficult to know exactly um, what the mm-hmm. players knew and what they could have done, what recourses were available to them. Um, it's a it's it's a difficult one to answer in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got a reply here from Al who says, when he sat out that year with long COVID, many said it was the guilt of knowing how he failed Kyle mm-hmm. Beach that got to him and needed time away to get his head right. And I can completely understand that as well. If he had psychological 
um, um, psychological matters after everything with Kyle Beach became exposed and reexamining his role in it. As we know, hockey players are creatures of habit, creatures of routine, solely focused on the task at hand when you get into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I would like to think that with the benefit of time, with the benefit of review, that Jonathan Taves looks back on everything that happened that year and recognizes that they did not proceed um, with they did not proceed down the correct route. Yeah, it's uh, it's a difficult difficult time, uh, you know, right now in uh, that or- Blackhawks organization, I think, as well, and mm-hmm. uh, it's only adding to some of that uncertainty. Yesterday's poll question: We asked you what will be the next team award or player award? Sorry, coaches count two. Uh, won by the Vancouver Canucks. There was Elias Pettersson and a Selkie trophy. There was Quinn Hughes and a Norris trophy. There was Thatcher Demko and the Vezina and Rick Tockett and the Jack Adams Blake. Mm-hmm. Who won the poll? Uh, I mean, I, again, I don't think there's any, there's any more correct answer than, than the Jack Adams, but people just might be attracted to Elias Pettersson. So I'll go, I'll go Pettersson. Yes, yeah. Pedersen Selke won the poll. Percentage? 44. Very good, Blake. 43. Hmm. 48 on YouTube. Tockett got 25.5% for Adams. That was the second place fisher. Everyone did re- reasonably well here. He finished last on YouTube. Did he really? Yeah, Hughes, huh? Norris. Ve- I'm, oh, I was wow. surprised Demko didn't get a more ve- Vesna love. Demko Vesna got 13% on Twitter and finished fourth. Uh, Hughes got 18% on the Norris. I know I'm a biased goalie and all, but I see more of a path for Demko mm-hmm. to the top for that award than I do for Pedersen. Uh, Selkie right now, at least. Yeah, this and, year, I and, think, Hughes, is the key part. Great. Hughes for Norris. Like, yes. there's still Hedman, Yossi, Makar, right? Those guys are going to mm-hmm. kind of hang around. But, uh, yeah, I was a little sh- surprised by the Vezina yep. one. Uh, comments, Andy says, Pedersen for the Hart Trophy. Very ambitious, Eddie. Andy? Uh, yeah, I saw a lot of that. VJ, none of the above. <laughs> it's possible. It may be a while <laughs> before the next league award. Burnaby Joe says, talk it for Jack Adams. It's basically an award for the most improved team, and barring any significant mm-hmm. injuries, Canucks should be in that category. And I think that's good assessment from yeah, Joe. And, and I think that's a, why it was so high on YouTube, because it's often, you know, what team surprises you and isn't does does better than the consensus mm-hmm. of people think. And Rob says Pedersen for Lady Bing, and that's one, and we didn't include it in the four options, but that one that's one I could absolutely see. This upcoming season, as we know, Elias Pettersson does not take a lot of penalties on top of being a terrific a terrific two-way centerman. And speaking of Elias Pettersson, some sad news over in Sweden. Uh, he has posted touching photographs with his grandfather, whom he's mm. lost here recently. But if there's some um, touching photos of a young Elias Pettersson, some on the ice in his hockey jersey, others with his grandpa from growing on up and we convey our condolences to the Pedersen family on the loss on the loss of their grandfather. A couple of other notes that we wanted to get to here. Former Vancouver Canucks head coach Travis Green has spoken. He spoke to Rob Simpson of VancouverHockeyInsider.com and Blake, and I first time I had seen this, but 
Did you know that Travis Green, now a assistant coach with the New Jersey Devils, is actually coming back to Rogers Arena for the Devils at Canucks game on December 5th, which is the anniversary of his firing by the Vancouver Canucks. Fired December 5th, 2021. He'll return to Rogers Arena December 5th, 2023. Here's his quote to Simpson. Quote, a lot of great memories. Obviously, at the end, when you get fired, that's never fun. But overall, looking back, a lot of great memories and learned a lot while coaching there. Nothing but good things to say about Vancouver and look forward to coming back. That is a most positive spin from Travis Green, given everything that transpired here during his tenure as Canucks head coach, including a lot of losing, a bubble playoff run, of course, a huge COVID outbreak that at the time was the biggest of any team in the North American Big Big Four Sports Leagues, and then, of course, his firing a couple of years ago in December. Uh, Tom Fitzgerald, the Devils general manager, said he had a very short list for assistant coaches to team with Lindy Ruff. And of course, this was a vac- this was a vacancy after Andrew Brunette left to take over as the head coach of the Nashville Predators. And he said Travis was right at the top of the list. And he goes on to say that, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure how long I'll have him. He thinks that Travis Green is going to once again be back behind a bench with the big whistle as an NHL head coach. Yeah, it's quite possible. I mean, generally those guys that start young, and he wasn't like super young, but he's younger, um, they, they do loop around again. They do get another chance. Um, difficult to put a timeline on that one when that is, but I, I would you be surprised if he if he gets another gig? I, I think it's um, to be expected. I, I think people have oversold just how quickly he's going to get back into the league. I uh, don't necessarily think he's got a whole lot he can hang his hat on from the time here in Vancouver. Now, it's hard to say they underachieved because it was not a very good roster that he was dealing with. But I also don't think they overachieved, maybe outside of the bubble playoffs. And I'm not sure everybody around the National Hockey League takes takes that postseason uh, at face value. So can I see him getting back as a head coach in the NHL? Yes, but... You know, he hasn't had a, it's not like he's been chock-a-block of interviews here for the last couple of years for, for head coaching positions. So The Devils are one of the best up-and-coming teams in the league right now. If Fair they go enough. on a run sure here, yep. yeah, Fair if they enough. get to the cup or something or even mm-hmm. win it, I could see it. We've seen that in the past, you know, winning yep. teams, assistant coaches. And he's coaching the offensive side there, and they are yeah. certainly Oh, man, they are deep. talented, especially yeah. after adding to Foley, too. And speaking of those Devils, when they come back with Green, that will be the first time we see Luke Hughes versus Quinn Hughes right. versus Jack Hughes. Right. All three on the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should be fun. Boy, S&P. S stands for SAS here this week. Blake. <laughs> yeah, the microphone mic. works. A lot of, a lot of mic time. Works. Yeah, it's yeah. a great working over, order there. Mm-hmm. you got to figure out how to unplug it here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Remember, Grady, treasure that microphone. Whisper sweet nothings to it. Treat it well. Wow. It's your moneymaker. That got a little little weird. 
Yeah, that's how his uh, career has lasted this long, apparently. Oh, you got to value the microphone. Not everyone gets one. Does it value you, though? That's the question. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Sadder news around the NHL as well. The passing of longtime Buffalo Sabres play-by-play man Rick Jenneret at 81 years old. He was part of Sabres broadcast for 51 years. It was the longest play-by-play announcing career in NHL history. He is, of course, legendary for the May Day call on a Brad May overtime playoff goal that to this day lives. I mean, everywhere Brad May goes, people shout May Day, May Day, and the same was true of Rick, a, a delightful guy, a, a quirky guy. He had his own style. It was unmistakably Rick. Well, his voice made sure of that. <laughs> oh, he had a very yeah. unmistakable voice. <laughs> very unmistakable. I do think him and Mike Lang got conflated at times by some fans from outside of those markets. But Mike Fla- Mike Lang in Pittsburgh was more shtick than Jenneret. Jenneret had a little less mm-hmm. shtick and a little more just unique voice, I yes. think, and a ton of enthusiasm. <laughs> oh, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And, you know, as we'll talk about with John Shannon later in the show, the Buffalo Sabres and Vancouver Canucks share a whole lot of history, not only expansion cousins, and of course, going back to the draft lottery wheel of Gilbert Perot or Dale Talon, the Buffalo Sabres, like their expansion cousins, have never won a Stanley Cup. They've lost in the Cup Final in 1975 and in 1999. And so much like we have said about great Canucks broadcasters of the uh, past and present, and we said this about Cheech after he announced he would no longer be doing Canucks games last year. This has been said about Jim Robson, who, of course, we had on our show for the BC Day long long weekend and invite you to go to SecarisonPrice.com and check out that conversation with Jim. You needed somewhere to hang your hat because the team wasn't very good. And so the guy behind the microphone better be entertaining, right? He better draw people into the broadcast. And I think it's very fair to say over the last decade, but during thin times previously in Sabres history, Rick Jenneret, much like Shorty and Cheech, much like Jim Robson here in Vancouver, kept his market engaged with the club. They tuned in to hear him. And I think that's one of the best compliments you can give a play-by-play, man. Two years ago today, Amar Doman bought the British Columbia Lions, and boy, what an impact he has had. This is once again a going concern in our city. It is once again a winning football team, and it is, of course, forever been a fantastic team on the ground and in the community. Uh, boy, two years in, and he's achieved so much Blake, one can only wonder what he might do over the next two years of his stewardship of this club. I'll say this. It may be a lesson in professional sports, more notably perhaps in the Canadian Football League. New ownership is needed every now and then. I think in modern sports, long gone are the times where a Griffiths family can own a team for 30 years and the team doesn't suffer for it. It seems like in professional sports and in the CFL, and the Lions are a great example of this, Braley takes over, there's a, an injection of life into the BC Lions. Things got a little stagnant, certainly as his health declined and he wasn't you know, a bigger part of it. 
and Mar Doman takes over and injects some life into it. And this is perhaps why things at Edmonton look like they are about to change there and they may get away from community ownership at Edmonton. I Ooh. think it's time to inject some life into some of these markets mm-hmm. and ownership change is a great way to inject life. Uh, and of course, in the Canadian Football League, uh, ownership has been an issue yeah. in this market and elsewhere over the years. But Amar Doman has come in and I think really shown his colleagues around the Board of Governors table what are best practices. Did a recent welcome mat on that. The other thing I'll say, Blake, and we've heard this from our listeners, is and maybe this is a sad commentary on the state of Vancouver sports, but how many franchise owners in this town would you rank ahead of Amar Doman in history, even though he's only been there a couple of years? I mean, I think a lot would say the Griffiths family yeah. in yeah. with the Canucks because of bringing Pat Quinn in and, of course, the 94 run. And just kind of a lovable of group to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it, it, it is a, a short list of owners that I think you could say are a Jake Kerr and Jeff Mooney, certainly, of the Vancouver Canadians. But it is a short list of owners, I think you can say, who have been as meaningful to their franchise and as beloved in this town as Amar Doman is. John McCaw. With the BC. Or, or, or wait, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> now do the current guy. Yeah, the current guy. Um, oh, my God. Lions into Regina on Sunday to face the riders and hey really good sunday of sports watching here if you're a vancouver sports fan you have the lions and riders that's a four o'clock kick from the flatland and when that one's done you can make your way over to watch the whitecaps in san jose from bc place at 7 30 now on the leos woody baron their fine defensive tackle likely a no-go here the bigger issue might be the left tackle. Jarrell Broxton has not practiced this week. He's effectively questionable at this point to start the game. We have talked about how the Lions have been, for the most part, healthy this year. Vernon Adams missed a couple of games. Well, game in three quarters. Dane Evans filled in admirably. And Evans practiced the last two days, so it looks like he might return to the backup role. We know they've had different injuries at the receiver group. Lucky Whitehead has missed games. Uh, of course, Dominic Rimes is out right now. Is going to need a couple of more weeks, and they filled in capably there. It's a terrific receiving core. And they've had a couple of injuries in the secondary as well and have been able to make do. It's getting a little more dicey on the defensive line. You're starting to see some guys now who are missing games or having to play through things. It does look like Sione Tioema is going to be back uh, at defensive end this week. But the offensive line, and particularly that left tackle, which is your blindside protector if you're in a straight dropback scenario, that could be a difficult one to overcome for BC. We'll see if he's able to go against the Riders. The Riders have been really hit by the injury bug this year. And, um, Blake, the CFL has got to lead the league in weather delays, huh? Did you see another weather delay last night in Hamilton between the Elks and the Tabbies? Kate Burness and the CFL panel on TSN were joking about it. Apparently, Marshall Ferguson has been a part of three different weather delays this year. 
and they were killing time in the studio as they, they still can't through. hold a candle to the Colorado Rapids of Major League Soccer. Oh, they, true. They, in and of themselves, have three postponed games mm-hmm. so far this season, and the Southwest of the United States is about to undergo uh, a bajillion postponements with this Hurricane Hillary, uh, you know, landing on uh, the shores. So it's it's going to be nasty down there in the uh, future as well. Whitecap Sunday, as mentioned, and I saw you quote tweet this. And how about this unequivocal answer from the GOAT, Lionel Messi? I have no problem with turf either. I played my entire youth career on synthetic grass. It's been a while since I played on it, but I have no problem on adjusting again. That answer is probably worth millions of dollars to different MLS franchises around the league who play on turf and know that they're going to sell a hell of a lot of tickets if Lionel Messi comes through their town and is is healthy enough to play for Inter-Miami. It'll take one game on synthetic turf where he feels a little something for all of that to change. But yes, a great launching so? off point. Yeah, yeah, I do think. Yeah, at no, this, because at this stage of his of his career, he can't. He doesn't want any injuries. He he knows what his body feels like. If if he plays a game in New England or anywhere and immediately feels something in his knee, I think that might spoil okay. the party. And that's not to bring down what he said because I want to applaud what he said. Ultimately, oh, of course, of course, um, and not playing the prima donna card here. So I, you know, full credit to him. But I mm-hmm. think it is a very changeable answer. I think you're right. I would like to believe, and perhaps I'm naive, but I would like to believe that David Beckham, the partners there in Inter Miami, mm-hmm. Don Garber and Don Garber in the MLS office have sat Messi and his representation down and said, "Okay, guys, we are delivering this financial package to you, which needless to say is over and above anything that they would do." that they have done previously or would ever do for a, another player. But we need you to be the ultimate ambassador at every market in this league. Yeah. We need you to play, and of course we know how the schedule is imbalanced, but we are going to fashion schedules going forward here where your team touches every market over the next two to three seasons. Yeah. And we need you to play in those markets, including the ones that have turf, because that's one of the only reasons why this financial agreement and package was made available to you. You need to be more than just a great player for Inter-Miami. You have to be a touchstone and a gate attraction around MLS. Yeah, the, the, the I prob- would hope that conversation has taken place. Yeah, the, the problem, uh, there's two ways of looking at this. The problem is, of course, the, the Whitecaps don't host many Eastern um, teams, and and two of those slots every year are reserved for Montreal and, and Toronto generally to boost uh, the rivalries there. Um, but the good news is Vancouver's never faced Inter-Miami, and of course, is, by virtue of that, has never hosted Inter-Miami. So, you know, it's like their turn is almost coming, so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it would be pretty exciting. At the very least, does it, does Lionel Messi start in every match on artificial turf? Probably not. Maybe those are the games that there are, are earmarked for him to be a sub, but I think he'll play on every pitch and in every city. Hey, we mentioned Robson earlier. He'll play. 
You hope he'll play. <laughs> We're pretty sure he'll play. We're going to amend it. Hypothetically, he'll play. We're probably will play. <laughs> Fingers crossed he'll play. Hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. Messi comes to Vancouver. Do the Whitecaps automatically push BC plays? We're opening up the yeah, upper yes. bowl, yeah, and that is a so. sellout yep. yes. without yep. a doubt. I don't think because it's they a did sellout. sellout. They I don't did think really. it's Oh, really? Yeah, I think I it sells out. I think it would. I think it yeah, sells maybe. out because Vancouver's an event town, and they yeah. will know this is the one and only time to see the greatest soccer player who ever lived. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it, for sure. Yeah. And you would draw people, I think, in from the mm-hmm. island, from the interior, oh. all over, even even probably oh, Washington, I, I too. Mean, I mean, I would think that you would draw people from all over Western Canada for, for yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah, if you're yeah, if you're in if you're in Alberta and your kids playing mm-hmm. soccer and they're like Messi's oh, and, right and, there. And let's remember, we have pretty big Spanish speaking and Brazilian diasporas here yep. in the lower mainland now. You yeah, don't think do. all of them would want to come out and see oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I think I think Messi is absolutely a fifty thousand gate attraction here at BC Place. Mariners win in Kansas City last night on the strength of five hits and RBI from J Rod. Wow, what a series he's had. They take three or four from the Royals. And we went into this week talking about it was a very important one for the Mariners. They had three games in hand in the Blue Jays, two of which they were making up this week. Real weird scheduling quirk. Toronto plays an ADB two-game series against Philadelphia. Seattle plays four in Kansas City. They win three of four. So they've made up two of the three games in hand. They're just a half game back, still with the game in hand. Now they're into Houston who have been their Waterloo. Jays are in Cincinnati. The Sox lost again last night in Washington. Dreadful. And are now off to the Bronx. And the Vancouver Canadiens lost in Eugene. They are home on Tuesday at the Nat for a season-long 12-game homestand. So you have the Just assume the Seas are there for the rest of the summer. (laughs) Just assume. They're like the anti-Whitecaps. The Whitecaps are gone after Sunday until... Late September, the Vancouver Canadians are home next Tuesday through Sunday against Spokane. Then they're back at it with a day off on the Monday against Hillsborough, Tuesday through Sunday. Then they've got one last road series before they're back here hosting the Northwest League Finals. So baseball, the boys of summer, the end of summer, you can get out to the Nat and Fewer opportunities remain now. 12 home games remaining plus the playoffs for Vancouver, the best team in the Northwest League, the best home team in all of baseball. Blake, we've got a lot of listeners and friends up in Kelowna and West Kelowna, and I know we wanted to say a word or two after looking at the devastating photos and video last night of the fires. In those communities. Yeah, just, uh, I mean, we all, I think, heard and felt the wind last night. So imagine with raging fires around you how absolutely uh, terrorizing that would be to know that that could be pushing the fire closer to you. There is some hope. It jumped the lake. I mean, that's a big, we were sitting here talking, that's a big lake. Yeah, this there is some hope. I think that the the wind will be their ally ultimately in terms of getting it away from population. But it's not going to get away from all the population. There's enough people sprinkled through there that there will be homes uh, that are destroyed. There will be lives that will be destroyed. You'd, you'd have to think so. Um, yeah, uh, we're just th- we're thinking of everybody and and please be yes. safe. Let's not be foolish and try to get that perfect shot of the fire. Um, just take care of yourselves and and be safe. Mm-hmm. 
Today's menu brought to you by De Dutch. To breakfast, to brunch, to lunch, get it all at De Dutch. We'll get to a welcome mat here on Canadian sport. Soccer and tennis down, hoops and golf trending up. We'll get to John Shannon, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada. We talk about the signing of P.S. Suter. We P.U. Suter. We talk about Rick Janaret. We talk about Jonathan Taves. Hashtags the best and worst of Twitter continuing to track Canada's basketball team en route to the World Cup, as well as a goodbye to Marion Hossa and Michael Block back at it again. S versus P. And today's topic, topic does Pius Suter make the Canucks a playoff team? We'll kick that around as well. Happy Hour brought to you by Yellow Dog Brewing Neighborhood Brewing Workshop Spirits. And the weather's getting a little cooler, but we're still pretending we're thriving in the summer. That summer heat with Workshop Spirits. Ombre Margarita. Hi there, hard lemon iced tea. And hi there, hard peach iced tea. We'll keep you feeling tropical all year long. End of the workday. Treat yourself to a Yellow Dog Neighborhood or Workshop Spirit. No matter what you're buying, folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other. I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting. You can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, They've made the car business and communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. Go and find out why it is indeed all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at applewood.ca. Let's get into it. I don't know if it was malicious. Probably not. But I do know it was another WTF moment. My question of ownership would be, was it worth it? And the architect, and I use that term loosely, given there wasn't much architecture, more finger painting with this team. It's like the running of the Bulls in Pamplona. You know someone is going to get hurt. That's what you all need to understand here. Right now. Over to you, basketball and golf. The last decade of Canadian sport has seen the rise of golf, tennis, soccer, and basketball. But after the last year, two of these things are not like the others. In what's left of summer, golfers on the PGA and LPGA Tour, as well as our men's basketball team at the FIBA World Cup, are left to redeem the country's sporting performance in this quartet. Been a disappointment on the soccer pitch where Canada was the worst team at the Men's World Cup and had to take solace in the moral victory of scoring a goal, not getting a result. The women's soccer team fared not much better this month in Australia, eliminated at the group stage with a lowly draw against Nigeria, falling short of expectations and potential. Worse yet, players from both programs have openly warred with their governing body, Canada Soccer, with headlines peppering every week and a lack of finances blamed for a lack of performance or a lack of preparation and performance at both World Cups. Tennis has also struggled. We keep waiting for Felix Auger-Alassim or Denis Shapovalov to make a breakthrough. Bianca Andreescu, Leila Fernandez can't recapture the form that got them into finals at the U.S. Open. Andreescu, the 2019 Open champion, is forever hurt, may miss Flushing Meadows this month, with a bad back. Shapovalov is already withdrawn from the U.S. Open. U.S. Open, And barring another shocker, 2023 will not be the year that Canadian tennis takes the next step. That leaves our men's basketball team, the second choice to win the World Cup in Asia this month. Canada opens the proceedings against France next Friday after a good pre-tournament campaign featuring four wins in its first five games, including a victory over number one ranked Spain. 
the team is teeming with NBA talent and ready to shed the underachiever label that has dogged it for more than a decade. In golf, four Canadians are competing at the BMW Championship this weekend, reserved for the top 50 players on the PGA Tour. That's more than any other country other than the United States. Nick, Nick Taylor, of course, Abbotsford, Abbotsford's Nick Taylor, scored a win for the ages at the RBC Canadian Open this summer, while Surrey's Adam Svensson, Mackenzie Hughes, Corey Connors, they also won events. Now, it's a big ask for one of them to win the Tour Championship, but with or without that, this year in men's golf has already been a smashing success. Then there's Brooke Henderson. She won on the LPGA Tour this year, too. And if she wins next week at the CPKC Women's Open at Shaughnessy, of course, that would be her second win of the Canadian Open, then both Canadian Open titles will reside in Canadian hands. So there are still Canadian athletes and teams worth watching before the summer is out. It's still a chance to take big steps forward in sports that are on the rise. Just a pity about tennis and soccer. That's welcome out for today. We invite your feedback, feedback channels as follows on email, live at securesomeprice.com. You can text 778-402-9680. It's the Great Clips text message inbox on Twitter at Matt Sakaris at Price and the welcome out of presentation of Great Clips. 37 salons in Vancouver and the Lower Mainland, all proudly Canadian owned and operated. Great Clips, the world's largest hair salon brand. Secure's Price from Wall Center, presentation Applewood Auto Group, and hashtags the best and worst of Twitter brought to you by Jason Homick of Jason Don Mortgage. And at the uh, mortgage rates right now, folks, it, it's, it's imposing. It's dominus. Uh, what do you do? Don't think that you can know everything. Uh, it's not your job to know everything. It's Jason Hominick, and he happily knows everything that there is to know about mortgages right now and the possible trends for the future. So go to jason.mortgage and arrange to speak to Jason, and that's who you'll speak to. Uh, nobody else. You go straight to Jason. You get to mine the wealth of knowledge that he has right now and make sure that you get into the mortgage that fits your life and your future because that matters as well. Go to jason.mortgage. At Can Ball took down the world number one, which is a little misleading. Spain may well be the number one ranked FIBA team right now. We all know that the United States is the overwhelming favorite to win any major tournament, as they are here starting a week from today, Blake. Canada's uh-huh. first game against France at the FIBA World Cup. They're in Jakarta, Indonesia, but the Philippines and Japan are also hosting games here. Big W over Spain in the fourth of five exhibition matchups for the senior men's national team ahead of the FIBA World Cup. They have the Dominican Republic today, and then it is off to the tournament site. They still have a couple cuts to make here, but uh, they've looked pretty good in both Three Germany one. and Spain. You've got yeah. you really after a stinker to start the exhibition slate. Um, they've looked pretty good, and the gelling seems to be happening here. So all of the um, hopes and aspirations of finally a senior men's national team playing to its potential is right there as we enter the de facto world championship. And uh, Barrett is right there. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's been he's been huge mm-hmm. uh, at NBA underscore New York. It's called New York basketball. Uh, Barrett, the last time, last two times Canada beat Spain. Uh, 15 points back in 2000. That's Rowan. Mm-hmm. 18 points today. That's RJ. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so the uh, the Bears rise to the occasion when it comes to uh, uh, no to question. The 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 one thing I'll say is France is a tough matchup for him. France seemingly has a ton of wings that can defend, and of course Rudy Gobert as well. I'm not sure how many of them are going to play for uh, France, but France typically has wings that can defend. So we'll see how he does. Mm-hmm. against one of the best teams in the world. I mean, if Spain's ranked number one, fair enough, but France has been right there with them over the years as one of the best teams in Europe and across the planet. At TSN underscore sports, what a showing for Marion Hosa's goodbye game in Slovakia. Uh, Blake, they think as many as 41 Stanley Cup rings amongst the ex-NHLers who turned up for Hosa's goodbye. I guess the rash is okay. For Hosa's goodbye game, and well, it was one of the more bizarre. We need yeah, LTIR because the guy's got a rash. Come on, Zidane Chara, Nicholas Lidstrom, Daniel Alfredson, Henrik Zetterberg, Jonathan Taves, Peter Bondra, Duncan Keith, Tara Vinen. Did not see Ray Ferraro's name listed, um, but needless to say, he played with a number of good players in a number of markets and was very well liked. Uh, I got to say, Blake, I met him as a teenage kid at a bar in Ottawa when he was new to Canada in his first NHL training camp, and he was there with somebody who could translate for him. He was gregarious, he was fun-loving, he was happy, and he turned in one to one of the great two-way wingers of his era in the National Hockey League. At Craig S. Morgan, the latest Neutral Zone looks at the futures of Coyotes draft picks, John Farinacci, Angenic, and ASU forward Robert Mastro-Simone. This is from uh, a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yangenic remains available as an RFA to be for the Coyotes. He's a winger. Don't think that would be of use to the, the Canucks. But they did miss out on John Farinacci, who was a right-shot center, who might have been of some use coming out of Harvard, but only to sign moments after this was published uh, with the Boston Bruins. So a bit of an opportunity miss maybe to add to the mm-hmm. stable for the Vancouver Canucks. Um, but there might be a few other things rattling around in a, the college free agent uh, market right now as uh, some free agents were created. Yeah. Farinacci's playing at Harvard, so signed with the Bruins, and uh, uh, Yannick is seeking a trade. So, yeah, God, you've got teams, you've got players who just don't want to be a part. You also have Jay O'Brien in Philly. Yes. Now the Flyers get a second-round pick. Mm -hmm. He uh, formerly played in Penticton. Mm -hmm. He was a big roll of the dice. Uh, Massachusetts high school kid, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when Philly took him and and made his way here to the BCHL. Yeah, four seasons at BU. Did uh, Did not pan out. Uh, lastly, for me, at Nuclear Golf, the Block Party continues. I'll say two things about Michael Block. He doesn't suffer for promotion, and he does tend to make pretty good headlines in his own right. Michael Block tied the course record at Valhalla yesterday, Blake. He was doing a scouting trip for next year's PGA, which, of course, if you're a PGA pro and you play so well in the PGA Championship that you get invited to next year, you have an awful lot of time to prepare for that event. It's not like you'll be playing the full PGA Tour schedule. Um, But Valhalla is a really old club used for a lot of PGAs and U.S. Opens and Ryder Cups. He shot 9-under-63 there yesterday, seven birdies and an eagle. So who knows? Maybe Michael Block will be a fascination again. At next year's PGA Championship. Wow. Uh, I mean, unbelievable. I mean, is it possible that this guy just, his game just got to another level <laughs> late in life here? And it, like, it, it, I mean, it's it's 
possible. I mean, like a super late bloomer. I mean, like, we saw what happened to him at the RBC Canadian Open. Now, yeah, perhaps yeah. he was, you know, riding so high from everything that promotionally, and too much media yeah, and all exactly. that. You know? I, who knows? Yeah, yeah. but uh, he put it this way: he will absolutely be a fascination next year at Valhalla, and really anywhere else he turns up to play these days. And the final one for me, a little self-indulgent, uh, at NHL Jets, dynamic, skillful, graceful, aspirational, forever immortalized in our city. Ducky's passion for hockey and love for our community continues to inspire us and the future generations to come. Dale Howarchuk getting the Bobby Orr kind of treatment outside of the arena in Winnipeg. Uh, beautiful statue. They even colorized it a little bit. Like, it's a bronze statue, but they found a way to get color into it. Um, it's a really cool statue. So uh, Dale Howarchuk gets uh, uh, put out there forever. Uh, Rightfully the so. Rightfully yeah. so. And that's hashtags for today. It's a Karis Price from Wall Center and a presentation of Applewood Auto Group. Uh, Applewood Mitsubishi in the Richmond Auto Mall, your place to take a test drive in the Mitsubishi Outlander, which I've had the pleasure of test driving here over the last week or so. The fuel efficiency, needless to say, will blow your mind as you can drive as a, drive it as an electric vehicle or you can drive it as a gas vehicle or a combination of both. Um, but don't underestimate the luxury appointments, the quilted leather seating, the massive touchscreen as well. Go take one for a test drive today, Mitsubishi Outlander. Applewood, Mitsubishi, in the Richmond Auto Mall. Bodog poll question. Do you respect Jonathan Taves? Yes or no? You can vote at Sakarison Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. I know San Jose is rested too, but Whitecaps have been so good at home. Can't help but pick them to win Sunday at BC Place. Minus 120 on your Bodog line of the day. Here he is, the co-host of the Bob McCallum podcast, the former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, our Friday regular, Mr. John Shannon. How are you? Hello, boys. Great. How are you? Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Um, we'll get to Taves in a second, but you're the uh, you were the broadcast kingpin of hockey in this country, John. And if you just went a little bit over the border, you got to one of the great characters, one of the great play-by-play men in hockey. Uh, a word or two on the passing of the great Rick Jenneret of the Buffalo Sabers. Yeah, Maddie. You know, you know, I, I'm actually in Niagara Falls today, just uh, oh. across across the border. And um, when you look at what Rick Jenneret stood for for the Buffalo Sabers, particularly in the last decade, where the team was brutal, where the team had no hope, Rick Jenneret carried not the broadcast. Rick Jenneret carried the team. Mm-hmm. He made. He made every night exciting. He made every game palatable. And whether the Sabres won or the Sabres lost, you at least turned the TV or the radio off and said, boy, Rick made me enjoy the night. He was a, a character. He had a ton of fun. And, and he really knew the game well. He, he's going to be missed in Buffalo. I will tell you that right now. He's a legend. Well, and John, I, I couldn't help but think as I saw the news last night and was taking it in, and of course, the Sabres and Canucks expansion cousins, neither of them have won a Stanley Cup championship. <laughs> we said a lot of the same things about John and John over the last decade here, and of course, older Canucks fans would have said a lot of the same things about Jim Robson yeah. when the team was struggling back in the day, right? You're, you're, you're not wrong, 
and and you know it, it really what it does do and this is something that I tried to reinforce when I was at hockey night and when I was with the league is that it, it's really important to have somebody who is a communicator a pipeline to the fan base that can re can, can almost insulate you not in the good days but insulate you in the bad days of your franchise and you're right Jimmy did that for years Jimmy Houston did that for years John and John have done that for years, and in the in that same vein, what Rick Jenneret did for the Buffalo Sabers. The great thing about Jenneret, guys, was and, and and maybe a lot of people on the West Coast don't know, uh, Rick Jenneret still lived in Canada. He didn't live in Buffalo. He he lived in St. Catharines in Niagara Falls, uh, and commuted okay. to the Saber games. Yep, he he was he was a true Canadian. He was a great Canadian, uh, and loved Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and uh, that's what that's kind of what made Generate special. I, I will tell you one story. When I was the uh, VP of broadcasting at the NHL, and we were starting one of our contracts with uh, with Versus in the United States, I got a call from the president of the Sabers, Larry Quinn, uh, who was absolutely livid that uh, uh, that uh, Versus had hired a certain guy to be their play by play guy, and he says, "You know what, you guys need you need my guy." You need Rick Jenneret. You need him to be on a national level to sell the game to people who don't understand it because at least they'll have fun. Great stuff. Great well, stuff. And, and, John, answer me this. Um, I, I think he had sort of national and league-wide appeal because of the May Day goal, right? Otherwise, yep. I think maybe he's a local legend and he's, he, he's known a little bit through other markets – but the Mayday goal made him a league-wide, a worldwide hockey broadcasting sensation. Well, and, and when you look at all the other sports, all the great characters, you know, Harry Carey in baseball. Um, I'm, I'm not sure there was one in the National Football League on a local level. Uh, but, you know, whether it was Johnny Most or Marv Albert doing the Knicks or, or the Celtics uh, or the great voices of some NBA teams, Rick Jenneret was up there as... As, as he truly stood as a great ambassador for your team, a great ambassador for the Sabres. And when it came to guys who were living legends in their own market, he made a difference. That's why they, I mean, they, they, had, a, they had a night for Rick Jenneret when he retired. Um, and, and, and the viewership was probably higher that night. And the event was that much better because everybody knew what he meant to the Buffalo Sabres and to the fan base. Still, the players too. We've talked to Brad May countless times about that call, that call. Um, <laughs> it means a lot to them. Uh, Daniel Briere releasing a statement today, uh, talking about what the calls of his of his exploits in Buffalo meant to him. So, ex Canuck Ryan Miller too, Blake, yeah. uh, talking about Rick and, and what he meant, and yeah. particularly on his night there in Buffalo. No, we lost the giant of hockey broadcasting of that uh, of that. There is no doubt on Jonathan Daves. What do you make of this statement, John? That he is not fully retiring, but he's taking the year off hockey. Do you think we you, do you think we see him playing again? Well, he's such a competitor uh, that it wouldn't surprise me that a year from now, um, that you know he gives it one more crack. You know, we 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 all know elite athletes, and he he certainly is an elite athlete. But what he's gone through with his blood disorders, what he's gone through in the last two or three years and through COVID, um, you have to respect what he's done. You know, we're, we're, 
you know, he's what he what he's delaying in my mind, which is interesting. He's de- delaying the inevitable induction to the Hockey Hall of Fame by doing this. Um, but to to me, if there was a player that could take another year off, uh, and what is let's face it, he's really only played forty five games in the last three seasons anyway. Uh, he hasn't played very much. Jonathan Taves could be one of those guys, and I still think he loves the game enough to want to find a place to play. But he has to be at 100%, and obviously he believes he's not at 100% yet. Do you think that he has the desire deep down to come back to the National Hockey League, or do you think this is just an easy way out, first step sort of in a phased retirement? I I would not put it past Taves to come back. I really wouldn't. I I would not put it past Jonathan Taves who's a, as smart a player as you're ever going to see in the NHL, uh, to, to get back to that 100% health and then make one last crack at it. Again, the only thing he's, in, he, he's, he's delaying is you know the year that he gets inducted to the Hockey Hall of Fame because it's three years after you retire. Right. So if he doesn't retire, he, he can't be considered into, on the ballot three years from now. Is, uh, is his legacy somewhat different than he would have liked given what's happened with the Blackhawks organization and and uh, and people's uh, disgust with how it all went down with regards to Beach? I don't think so. I, I really don't. I, I think I think the naysayers and I, I have a ton of respect for people who have uh, have an issue with the Blackhawks and I think everybody should have a level of issue with the Blackhawks. Um, but we will never really know. I read the investigation. I'm sure you guys did too. We'll never really know. We, we never really know what the Blackhawks did, uh, or what the Blackhawk players knew and what they did. We'll we'll never know that. But I think his legacy for, you know, Canadian hockey and his, le- his legacy for, as the Blackhawks captain and winning three Stanley Cups will still stand. John, our first opportunity to talk to you. Uh, we talked to you last Friday, and then uh, later that day, Pew Suter signs with the Vancouver Canucks. A lot of people thought this was one of the better remaining free agents and he fills a need at, at third line center. A word or two on uh, what you made of the Canucks business on Suter. Well, we on Friday we talked about how the, how they were improving their depth and how they've done a pretty good job at, at you know getting better in their bottom six and this is just another extension of that. You know, I I I think the Canucks are going to be if they can stay healthy and Thatcher Demko can stop pucks. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people in the Pacific Division. Uh, I, th- I think you've got Edmonton and you've got Vegas, and then I think that if they uh, on a good day, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Canucks vying for that third spot. And guys like Suter and depth players, and that's the one thing I think we, you know, we constantly learn all the time, guys, is the importance of your depth players. And if the Canucks could just get th- through the hump of the schedule in the regular season and get to the playoffs. Their depth players are, have certainly, I think, put them in good stead if they do get a playoff spot. They've got the superstars, but that's all they had for, uh, that's for right. the last year. You know, and, and you're right. They need a break. They need somebody to fill roles. So they were asking superstars to do everything, and, and the superstars do need a break, and they need other people to, to pull some of their own weight. Well, and that's, I mean, isn't that the Vegas blueprint? That's the Vegas blueprint. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was their defense and their depth players that put, in my mind, the Golden Knights on the championship level. John, we don't often see trades during training camp, or at least not big trades in advance of setting rosters, but with as many big pieces out there 
and with some teams uh, tight to the cap and whatnot. Is your antenna up at all for any kind of trades and, and bigger activity than we normally see once teams centralize here next month? Well, let's remember there are teams that are those. There are teams over the cap. You can be ten percent over the cap during this time of year, but you, once you get to camp, you're going to have to be compliant by a certain point. So it would not surprise me to see some movement. Um, and and I, and I still think that there's a possibility even before camp, Maddie, that that we see some movement of some of these teams that are that close. Uh, to, to the 83 or 84, five or whatever, whatever the number is these days. Yeah. That to me, that I think that's a reality of the business. It, it, to me, it's been relatively quiet this August after everybody's come back from their holidays. But it would not be surprised me to to see some movement be, between now and the uh, and the, the start of camp. And then you're right during during camp when teams start to panic and say we're going to we're going to be in a situation of only playing 21 players, not 23. Yeah, Vancouver, one of six teams that, depending on how you slice it, is showing at $3.7 million or more over the cap. A bunch of those teams have LTR, LTIR cushion. But yeah, uh, the calculators are going to get a workout, I think, when we're setting opening night rosters based on uh, what has basically been a flat cap for the last few years and a number of clubs that are right tight against it or even over it. John, marvelous stuff. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll catch up next Friday. Yeah, and Maddie, just uh, I, I know you got lots of viewers and, and listeners uh, in the Okanagan Valley. As a, a kid who came from there, and my wife's from West Kelowna, um, there's a lot of us out here thinking of them in a really tough time. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, well said. said, John. Well said. Thank you. Harrison Price from Wall Center, a presentation of Applewood Auto Group, and it's Friday. We have reached S versus P, our debate segment, brought to you by Layuna 1611 BC Laborers Union. They have contractors looking for their members to hire today. Check out 1611.ca. Layuna 1611 has your back. Today's topic Does Puce Suter make the Vancouver Canucks? A playoff team. I will be arguing yes. Blake will be arguing no. Two minutes per argument. Mediator Grady Sass presiding. And uh, we have a a draw from last week's S versus P. Would JT Miller make a good captain? I argued yes. You argued no. And I'm not sure we've ever seen this in the... uh, Recent history here, the new history of our debate segment. Close S versus ties, P. but this is not a close yeah, tie. Yeah, we, we've had close ties a lot, but you throttled me on Twitter, 62% to 38%, and I throttled you on YouTube, 43 votes to 16. So we call it a draw. I'm uh, two, six, and three on the season. So mm-hmm. you know what they say about a win, but I got a result to use the soccer term. You know what they say about ties? It's like kissing your sister. Ooh, you were far sister. too young to use that yeah. expression. I had hockey coaches tell us that when we didn't win. Yeah. And they were much, much older than you. You know what I say, Grady? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> He'll tell you that for free. So is Matt going to climb his way back up the standings here with some draws? The the history of S versus P or previously Take 5 Thursday has all sorts 
of comebacks down the stretch. So it's a two-team league. That is the hope. Draws get you nowhere. It's a two-team <laughs> league. You got to get some shootout losses well, in there. I don't lose any grounds. Put it that way. Uh, yeah, so I'm okay. in position to be in position. <laughs> Later in the season. Just hold steady. Two years away from two years away. Maybe you can put a couple wins together. We'll see. All right. Who's going first? Uh, Blake, who do you want to go first here? Uh, I'll go first. All right. All right, Blake. Your two minutes begins now. Puce Suter is what makes the Canucks a playoff team. Really? Didn't we just ask yesterday or the day before about which Canuck is going to win a league-wide trophy first? I don't remember Suter being discussed there. If this team makes the playoffs, they'll make it because of Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, Thatcher Demko, quite possibly Kuzmenko or Miller. That's what will get them in. Hey, I mean, it's a team game. Don't get me wrong. The others have to perform their roles and duties, and improving the surrounding cast was most definitely needed. But a single supporting actor doesn't get a movie the Oscar for Best Film. Puce Suter filled a need. No doubt, but not unlike that of Susie, Cole, Roenick, or Bluger. It's a collective that will make the difference. Suter will be filling the third C hole, and if it works out, is only important if the other guys I just mentioned also fulfill their roles properly. And again, the most horsepower dragging the team across the line comes from the true stars on the team. Guys making five to eight million per season get you there, not one point six million. The guys like Suter just make sure you don't screw it up. This is no slight to the player. He's a good value signing, but let's be real. He's a 30-point player. Pedersen will have that by December, so it's hard to fathom how that player is pushing you over the top. He was an unsigned free agent into mid-August. Nobody in the league wanted to offer him a contract that got his interest, and now he's the difference maker for the Vancouver Canucks? The Canucks needed a third-line center, but in a ranking of third-line centers in the league, where is he landing? Squeaks into the top 20? That would be generous. Again, this isn't to be negative. The Canucks are lucky to have found him at that price for that term. It was good business, but good business for a role player. Four seconds to spare for those keeping track at home. Oh, I know where the clock is at. Oh. Yeah. Is that why you're always heavy going into uh, breaks back in the mm-hmm. day, pissing the producers off? We gotta get to ads. It's not me. No. Oh, I was. I think it was Matt. That Grady. I was very bad. Blake was much better running the clock than I was. Starting six minutes after the the hour. That's the one thing I'll give him. Oh, six. Sometimes we were (laughs) eleven. Jeez. (laughs) Rob Rob Gray used to periodically come in and go. You know, Matt, we designed the clock with ins and outs for a reason. It is database. So when you go to six minutes over the hour in your last segment. And then we get to an update, and then we're on back to like eleven minutes. He's like, "You're kind of screwing with everything we're trying to do here." Sorry, Rob. Boss is cracking down. Speaking of cracking down, mm-hmm. I'm going to implement a new rule. When the other person is giving the rant here, the other contestant is not allowed to be typing on their no, computer. No, no, I, I, I saw some Robotol, some frame Robotol. some frame movement there on your computer, oh, okay. Mr. Sakaris, well, as Blake was giving his that. argument. I apologize for that, mediator Sass, but I am allowed to rebut. Okay, if you go second, don't turn make me whip out the rule book here. And the microphone off the was mic? off. The microphone was off. I don't believe you, boy. Uh, I'm waiting for the day I get a fair shake in this segment. Okay, fire. Let's go. Rigged. All right, your two minutes, Matt. Begins mm-hmm. now. 
So in rebuttal, Blake's misinterpreting the question and disparaging a good NHL player with a smart Harvard mouth. He's he's we're asking is he the missing piece? He talks about points, but he doesn't address the defensive side, and he misrepresented Suter's free agency. He did have offers, and late summer often brings bargain guys. Now, Suter fills the Canucks' most pressing need, third-line center, and he gives them balance they need to finally get back to the playoffs. Prior to his signing, the Canucks lacked quality and quantity at center, but now they have a legitimate third-line center and a good chance of three scoring lines, not to mention another defensive option at center to match up. He kills penalties, big weakness, filled there. He plays responsibly. He's the type of player who will fit with how Rick Tockett wants to play. What's more, he helps the Canucks in three other areas offensively. He's your centerman for the second power play unit. They didn't have one of those prior to Suter. He can play up the lineup and replace Patterson or Miller should they get injured. He showed very well with Debrinkit and Patrick Kane a couple of years back, so he can play with skill, and he may well be the center to unlock Connor Garland, whose offensive potential is better than what we've seen through two seasons in Vancouver, and that's because Suter is a high IQ player. Now, he also allows the Canucks to slot Teddy Bluger and or Nils Oman on the fourth line. That's more appropriate for them. And hey, we may not have heard the last from Calgary and Winnipeg, who were respectively the last team out and the last team in last season. Winnipeg could dismantle further with Connor Hellebuck, Mark Scheifele traded. Calgary could be weaker if Elias Lindholm Michael Backlund and or Noah Hannafin get dealt. Look, Suter is not the perfect player, but for a Canucks team that will be stouter defensively, healthy in goal, better on the PK while still retaining enough goals, he's enough to inch them into a wild card spot in what is not a particularly deep conference. Double digit seconds to spare there. I had it you had eight, but. Oh, oh, well then. All right, everybody, there are the arguments. We ask that you vote whether you're consuming this on Twitter or on YouTube. And if you're listening to the podcast, get thee to Twitter or YouTube to vote. And of course, uh, leave a comment behind as well. S versus P, a presentation of Layuna 1611. BC Laborers Union. Check out 1611.ca. Layuna has your back. So Care's Price from Wall Center, you get a presentation app. What auto group you can text us 778-402-9680, the Great Clips text message inbox. We'll get the ease nose here in a second. Great clips. It's gonna be great. Oh. I forgot to remind everybody to follow us on social yesterday. Oh, That's Twitter, Insta, Facebook, TikTok, and it's YouTube. They so should be already already mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah, but that, yeah. you know, as we know, Grady has got me signing off, reminding them that. So Grady, are you eating again? Yesterday. Do you have a mouthful? He's always eating. He's yeah, always some eating. water. <laughs> some food. I can sense their food there. All you do is eat, sleep, edit, play roller hockey, and shit. Is that pretty much your life, <laughs> as I understand it? Uh, more or less. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Let me live my life. Time for Blake's spot line of the day. We really appreciate all the editing and working, though. It must be said, Grady. No problem. It's a great lead-in to the Bodog line of the day, by the way. Indeed. Great lead-in. Super pleased, I'm sure they are. Speaking of which, we got to congratulate Mr. Sakaris there for picking the Elks to finally win on his Bodog line of the day the other day. A couple months back. See, the thing is in the CFL, like every loss for a team like that brings them closer to a win. There's not many, you know, winless seasons in the Canadian Football League. So, you know, you pick your spot. You're like the CFL Yoda. 
Well, look, Blake, like I, I covered Ottawa, Toronto, Hamilton at times when Ottawa and Hamilton were really bad. So you get to sort of understand, okay, when they're going to rise up, play a good game and, and be competitive. One of these Gosh, weeks they'll finally do. win, I say. <laughs> uh, all right, my boat dog of the day. Uh, back to pigskin south of the border, though, and Nathan Rourke's Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. You get the feeling they might be curious to see a little bit more of them, maybe a little bit more playing time. Maybe we'll take a peek at that uh, coming up tomorrow. Uh, I'll take the Jags. Minus three and a half yeah. over the Detroit Lions. On your Bodog line of the day. Thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder, subscribe to us and Rankwide wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on social, Twitter, Insta, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. And, of course, support the community sponsor you hear us talking about. Keep it local.